Welcome, everyone. Glad that you're here on this, uh, really, one of the strangest days or nights of worship that we have in the Christian tradition. Um, one of the greeters on the way in was, was joking, but saying, welcome to the Death of Christ Friday service. Uh, sounds shocking still to our ears, and yet, in order to really celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday, which we will do in just a few days. There is no resurrection without death. And tonight, we remember what God was willing to suffer in order to show His great love and mercy and compassion towards human beings. What God was willing to suffer as God was putting the world back together, bringing the kingdom, restoring us in relation to Himself and ultimately enabling us to be restored to one another. So tonight is different. If you are brand new with us and this is your first time with us, I want to tell you, come Sunday, because it will be a lot different. But tonight we reflect on uh, the seven words of Christ from the cross. This is a service that is meant to help us enter in to the story of Good Friday. That we come to the cross and we hear the words of Jesus. And we see, as the Bible tells us, the darkness coming stronger and stronger. We will extinguish candles. So if you have kids and they have coloring books, they'll be a part of the service. It'll probably be too dark to color. And that's okay. There'll be something for them to watch and to see as the lights are slowly extinguished. And then we, tonight, we, like the disciples, leave in the darkness, not knowing. We enter in the story. Now, we know that Sunday's coming. But tonight, we enter in and look at the suffering of Jesus as it shows to us, to you, to me, what God was willing to endure as God forgives and loves and is merciful to. So there'll be times of silence. Um, I'll give a brief reflection on one of the words. Uh, We'll sing some simple hymns and a few simple songs. And then um, when all the lights are extinguished, we will go in the dark. So when you leave, be careful as you go. The lights won't come on. And I would ask you to leave in reverence and quietness. Save your visiting until you're out of the building. And you can stay tonight in this room as long as you want to, as long as you need to. Um, I just think it is a beautiful and powerful service. But uh, let's begin with, I'm going to just give a brief prayer and some silence During silence, it doesn't mean you have to bow your heads and close your eyes. Our full gaze is upon the cross tonight. Is that okay? All right. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for gathering us here. Thank you 
for loving us so much that you would send your one and only begotten Son. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us exactly the heart of the Father perfectly. Thank you for showing God's willingness to enter into our situations. For God's willingness to restore and heal. For God's willingness to forgive, to be merciful. To show God's determination to heal and deal with the ramifications of all our sin. Tonight, lead us to the cross. Holy Spirit, come and help us once again to remember what you have saved us from, that we might celebrate on Easter what you have saved us for. And we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a moment of silence. Sing together. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my Ah. Uh... 
you read aloud with me as we pray? Almighty God, you gave us the gift of creation and brought brought light into the world so that that we we might behold its beauty and walk safely in this world. Help us this night to remember that your Son became the true light of the world, that we might never walk in darkness. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. As I said, this is a service where we remember and hear the last words of Christ on the cross. Many of them we're familiar with, and we think we understand them. And, uh, you know, who can forget? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, We see Jesus' compassion even for those who were killing him. We see him caring for his mother when he sees her at the foot of the cross and he says to the disciple that he loves, Son, this is your mother now. Mom, this is your son. We see him caring for her. We hear his cries of anguish where he's quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A psalm of real passion, a psalm of real Despair, but also a psalm that finishes with God's deliverance playing out really the story that's set before him. We remember how he tells a criminal that's being crucified on one side of him that today you'll be with me in paradise. But the one that kind of I think gets overlooked or it does by me is the one where Jesus says, all of a sudden, I thirst. And that one's really played with my heart and my soul and my mind as in preparing for this service. Why, why include this passage of Jesus being thirsty? Of course he would be thirsty. He had been beaten and whipped. He had lost a lot of blood and a lot of sweat. It was hot. Um, He was dehydrated. Of course he would be thirsty. And I know the ancient fathers and a lot of scholars, uh, there was a religion when the Gospels were written that that was more influenced by Greek philosophy than Hebrew understanding, where flesh and blood and dying are not things that gods do. And so that can't be a good thing. And so... John wanted to write into his gospel narrative to remind that, yes, Jesus was fully human all the way to the end. He was fully God. And they they would gradually, through councils and things, work on how they were going to communicate that. 
We wanted to show that Jesus, it was not an appearance. It was not faking. It was real suffering. It was real pain. It was real thirst. But the part that captured me, and maybe you can go along with me on this, is what was given to Jesus when he said he was thirsty. John writes that they took sour wine or vinegar, or some some of the gospel writers will say wine mixed with gall. And they put it on a branch and they put it up to his lips. And I can only imagine the intensity because he it's pretty much just smashing a sponge filled with vinegar against your lips and you have open wounds all over your body and the pain that that would cause. But I began to think about John and I began to think about how often John used wine as a symbol of joy. Probably the greatest one that you and I would remember is at the feast uh, after the wedding in Cana. Where Mary comes to him and says, they've run out of wine, which, which would have been, yes, just a cultural faux pas. This would be talked about in the village for weeks. But Jesus, after some coaxing, tells them to fill up ceremonial jars with water. And Jesus takes the symbol of what is used just to sustain life and turns it into wine, the symbol of joy and celebration. And yet here at the cross... He says, I'm thirsty, and we offer the symbol of joy that has been ruined. We take the wine that is joy, that is meant to be a symbol of joy, and we mix it with gall, bitters, or we let it go off and go sour. And it got me to thinking about how sometimes we as human beings can still to this day take something that is meant for joy and let it turn into something that is sour. Sometimes we do that through our actions and through our our, our sin. Sometimes that happens as a part of life. And what I wanted to bring to us tonight, or what, what got me tonight uh, as I was preparing for tonight, thinking about this, is that when life has moved from joy to soured, or when I have done something that has taken the joy of someone else, or, or something that used to bring me joy, now I have broken and made it into something that is sour. That the Christ who is dying on the cross still says, I thirst. And he is willing to take even the thing that he meant for joy that has now become sour, either because the, the world has robbed it from us or we have mixed something with it. 
And he is willing to take it and wet his mouth so that he can declare the final words. It is finished. I didn't know if you needed to hear that tonight, my friends. That if in this last year, joy seems to have turned sour, the wine that was meant to bring joy has become soured, the relationship has turned sour, health has turned sour, the job that brought joy has turned sour. Or you've taken the thing of joy and your sin has mixed it with gall. That Jesus tonight still says, I thirst. And when I take it in, I will eventually declare, it is finished. Did you need to hear that tonight? That part of tonight as we now begin the march to the cross and stand before the cross of Jesus, when He says, I thirst, as He's carrying the weight of the world's sin upon His shoulders, He still says, bring me what is soured in your life, and I will use it to make sure that my voice can still declare it is finished. Let's take a moment and ponder that as we wait in silence. be reading portions of John 19. Then they handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carried the cross and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull. Where there they crucified him and with him two others, one on every side with Jesus between them. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each. 
Matthew 23, 42. Then the criminal who was crucified alongside of Jesus said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. of the criminal goes like this you'll pick it up Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Let's sing that again Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clausus, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, 
said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And son, behold your mother. Mark 15, 33. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which is the beginning verses of the lament of Psalm 22, translated as, My God, my God, why have you forsaken? John 19, 28. After this, he said, I am thirsty.
29 through 30, a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, While the sun's light failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Into your hand I commit my spirit. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away even my sin. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. 
Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And his words are always, Come home, come home, come home, all sinners, come home, come home, come home. We've entered into the story, friends. In front of you on the cross, you see a small example, artistically speaking, of what God was willing to do to prove and show his love for you. And maybe tonight, as you heard the words, maybe tonight, as you sung the song, you felt in your heart the prayer that we just sung, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. If that has been resonating in your heart and mind, I want you to know that that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And I want to encourage you to pray that prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I want to assure you that if you prayed that prayer, his response is come home. And he will move you from sinner to son and daughter. going to pray and you're going to be dismissed. I meant what I said, stay as long as you need to. When you go, be careful when you go. It's dark. By tradition, 
and the creeds. We believe that Jesus not only died, but descended into hell. To remind you folks that there is no place you can go where he is not following after you. So I hope that as you leave, you will know the depth, the height, the breadth of the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we stand before the reminder of your suffering on our behalf. And we are grateful. May we leave this place quietly and reverently May we spend these ne- this evening and tomorrow filled with hopeful anticipation, knowing that you pursue us. And may we come with hearts that are full of joy, like the joy of those at the tomb on Easter Sunday. Ready to celebrate that not even this death and suffering could keep you in the grave. Lord, I pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters as we leave. Thank you for your love. And we pray these things in the name of the Father who's for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God, forever and ever. This ends our service. If you need to go, go quietly and reverently. Please remember to hold your conversations until you're outside the building. And if you need to stay, You may stay as long as you need to. I'll be the last one to leave tonight. Thank you for coming. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you.